Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm Paul Arnold. He's Ernest Watts. We're here with a playoff type edition of our podcast. We've been doing this podcast for three years plus and enjoy every minute or mostly every minute. Sometimes we rant and rave and get upset, almost as upset as uh, uh, Roy McIlroy was today that, um, that Phil Mickelson wasn't in the PGA. But there's plenty of talk. It's always good to have a little drama, even in the game yeah. of golf. But that's probably the least of things we should be talking about. Now, see, I thought you were another, going another direction, but before we go there, uh, let's let's give a special applause to Jack Nicholas. Okay, turning down one hundred million dollars. No, say it like um, you would like one, to say, like Doctor Evil, yeah. one hundred million dollars to head the uh, this new Saudi Arabia based. Uh, funded, excuse me, not based renegade golf tour. I mean, not a lot of people. Uh, Jack does probably uh, carried around money for him, hundred million. But to turn that away, that, that shows some dignity. I guess he's seen a little bit of how it's affected uh, Norman and and yeah. uh, Mickelson to be associated with this this tour in that respect. And then PGA has come out and said if anybody plays in the first match. Which is in London, uh, they revoked their PGA card. Is that what did I yeah, understand? That so for, in case somebody doesn't know this part, so back when Jack Nicholas was a young golfer, he helped form the PGA Tour. It wasn't always around. Before that, it was run by the PGA of the USA in different groups. And then they, the players formed together to create a stronger um, group to play golf and raise more money and things like that. So they thought, well, maybe we'll go back to Jack and start another one. And so the Saudis have been getting a lot of uh, critique and put downs. And so when Jack says, oh, I turned down a hundred million, what a lot of people don't realize also is that Jack made a lot of money, but then he lost almost all his money because he invested in McGregor golf clubs and uh, Brunswick and, and he lost a ton of money. He was really down low. And then he started building it back up when he started building golf courses. Uh, I thought you were going to say, the media likes to build you up and tear you down because today a follow-up story on an old story was that Jack got upset when they took the PGA uh, tournament this weekend away from one of Trump's courses, one of Jack's design courses, and talked about cancel culture. And I thought, ooh, we're going into politics tonight. I understand why Jack might get mad. Like, this is one of his babies. This is one of his nice oh, yeah. courses. But... but I, I thought of him. I mean, how many people can turn away, turn down a hundred million dollars for yeah. basically a PR job? Yeah. I mean, he wouldn't run it. I mean, I, again, politically, me and Jake Nicholas are about as opposite as can be. Yeah. Uh, but still, I commend him for doing the right thing. Yeah, he's my favorite Ohio State book guy. <laughs> he is okay. I'm not. I probably could come up with someone else. Who else would probably. be my favorite Ohio State Bucky besides him? Uh, how about Clark Kellogg? Uh, I like him, but I grew up idolizing Jack Nicholson. So anyway, okay. so uh, not uh, the only two-time Heisman Trophy winner, Archie Griffin. No, 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 no. No. Let's, let's get to the playoffs before we okay. lose our audience playoffs. here. Playoffs, playoffs. Hey, this is the time of year when the weather is great where I live, and yet the TV sports are great too. Well, then and, that brings up, I thought what you were going to say disappointed you were going to bring up Phoenix Suns fans. 
Well, person. it depends how we want to spin it tonight, but let's let's talk about the Phoenix Suns. You know, I guess we need to have a sound effect like bum bum bum. Choke, a choke, a choke sound effect. <laughs> is it is it Paul just got too old or did they just implode? Cuz they laid you the know, biggest egg I can ever think of in a game 7. Yeah, uh uh they did and and you know, Paul he turns 37. So the age it didn't like you wake woke up Sunday morning and he was decrepit. I mean, he's had aches and pains. And it wasn't just one guy losing. I think they kind of imploded mentally. The argument between Monty Williams and, and Aiton on the sideline, him benching Aiton in the second quarter. And there, there's drama there because Aiton becomes a restricted free agent over the summer. And... Robert Sarver, who is currently the owner of the Suns, who's under investigation by the NBA for uh, racist remarks and actions and, uh, you know, remarks against women, uh, you know, not, not quite as bad as what happened with the Clippers. Uh, he has a history of not paying players when they get near free agency. Uh, Joy Johnson was probably the best example of that. And they bring everybody back. Aiton is the other one who has, and then again, it's restricted free agency. But if you've got a team with a lot of cap, um, and again, there are not that many 24-year-old centers who can double, average double doubles, and then you know be consistently that good inside. It, it was again, Booker couldn't hit anything either. Bridges couldn't hit anything. It wasn't one player. I mean. Donkic had the same number of points as the Suns had at the halftime. <laughs> and it was a total team implosion. I've never seen a team that was ranked so high. Again, going into that game, I thought, well, they'll blow out the Mavs. But a little sweet revenge for Jason Kidd, who was traded away from the Suns as coach of the Mavs to be able to do that. And it's and again, it's not a one man team. And Dockich is there, but but there are a lot of other players that that were able to help him. I mean, again, by no means is a one man team, but that was highly surprising. Yeah. And what about Luca's attitude? The sneers and the snarls and the. <laughs> I mean, it's like, and he looks like he's on the edge of being out of shape and too fat to me. Maybe it's just a <laughs> just well, a viewing thing. Hey, Larry Bird wasn't. Mr. Olympia, by no respect, boy, was that calling an old people. <laughs> what is Mr. Olympia, folks? Google it. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, he wasn't a bodybuilder-shaped type. He was, had a, didn't have a body like Carl Malone. I mean, there's basketball shape, and there's other types of physical shape. Dockage plays with an edge. You want to do that. You want to be a winner in that respect. Now, he, he has to have the ball in his hands all the time, the the team's offense runs through him, it, but I think it was the the defense, which which really made the difference. Uh, they were able to defensively shut a lot of things down that the Suns like to do. And for the last two years, the Suns were the best team in the NBA. This is the second year in a row they had a two zero advantage. Uh, last year was in the championship series. This year it was in the the second round, and, and they come out of it, losing the series. And you kind of wonder if there's something fundamentally wrong there with that team. I mean, the pieces all add up 
they have more talent than Dallas has. They have as much talent as the Warriors do. But it was just, and it was all it was. It was really shocking. It's the last time since a seventh game that you really see a shock, and it's very difficult for a visiting team in the NBA to win the seventh game. I think it's like an eighty-nine percent winning percentage for the home team. And it's it's they get all four series in the second round were fascinating. And I mean the Bucks and the Boston was probably the best series, and you kind of wonder how that would have turned out if Middleton because it's just Giannis just ran out of steam in Game Seven, and and Boston has so many interchangeable pieces and defensively plays so well, and Al Horford rises up from the grave to hit another three every time uh-huh. you look. Uh, you, you look at the, the other. And Miami pretty much took a uh, physically broke down Sixers team, and again they were hurt. And they're an aging group. Memphis gave a great battle to the Warriors, a physical battle. I mean, guys getting knocked out, and Gary Payton Jr. out for the area. Uh, again, there were there were interesting series. I think it'll be interesting to see. I think Miami will beat Boston, and I think the Warriors will beat the Mavs, which I think this was pretty much my selection back in December. I'm just surprised mm. somewhat correct on that. Yeah, well Celtics are really hitting their stride right now and the Heat, they were resting some of their players I felt sometimes like in late in games like you texted me about Duncan Robinson who's usually a starter who hits a lot of three points but they were playing hero a lot um, and I think resting some of their guys at some of those games. Supposed um, to Spolster does this. He he'll guys will get buried on the bench for a while. Uh, Martin was one of their defensive specialists. He can't get off the bench now. I mean, it's it's amazing how he interchanges the parts. Uh, the great matchup there is is going to be old man Horford going against uh, the center for the Heat, and they're well, both Horford's very out for the game today. Yeah. But 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 I mean he's going to be playing in the series. This is a seven game series. This will be as much a battle as Memphis and the Warriors was. I think it'll be a very very physical game, and you're going to see again. You got the two forwards for the Celtics, and and you got the old man for the Heat. And it's 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 this is a fascinating series of the two. This is the one I think more likely to go seven than blood. There will be blood. We said that last week. Well, speaking but, of uh, blood, do you remember who did Tree Rollins bite for the Celtics? That famous series back in the now. 80s. See, people, this is this is the Mandela effect. <laughs> do you know what the Mandela effect is? Go for it. Mandela effect is the psychological aspect is when a rumor or idea or concept is repeated so much in society, we accept it as fact, like the idea that uh, that Mandela is dead. He's alive. And Tree Rollins got bit. He did not bite. Oh. Danny. Uh, oh, Danny Ainge bit? Dan- Danny Ainge bit Tree Rollins. Oh, wow. I, I, but don't feel bad, Paul. 90% of people remember that as reverse. Wow. That sounds almost racist. You know, now that I, I well, you know, Tree Bites Man Story as opposed to Dog Bites Man Story. But if you look that up, Tree Rollins actually got bit by Danny Ainge. 
So there we go. We're correcting information. All right, correcting information. Well, it you know that's a flashback. You look back in some of your eighties. Last night I was just flipping around and ESPN was showing um, some of Michael Jordan's. What was it called again? The series on Michael Jordan. Um, uh, Last Dance. Yeah, they were showing Game Six instead of a hockey game. They were yeah, showing and it, it's one of those things like you know you can always watch um, Jerry Seinfeld. You can always watch certain shows, no matter. You know, it doesn't matter when it is. Like, you can always watch Shawshank Redemption and enjoy it. I think you can watch anything about Michael Jordan documentary and always enjoy it. Even Three Stooges. You can always watch Three Stooges. (laughs) Yuck, yuck, yuck. Finally! Certainly. And that doesn't meet a lot of people's understanding. Okay, so let's go from the NBA. So you're already, let's do some picks here. So you're picking the Heat to beat the Celtics. In seven games. I'm going to go with that because I'm a little homer. I'd like to see Miami get a chance here. Um, all right. And the other side of it, the west side, you're picking uh, Golden Warriors State. Warriors six. Yeah. Right. Then so Warriors against the Heat in the finals, and you're picking yeah. Golden State still? Usually the rule is I go with the team with the best player, and that's Golden State. Stuff. They've been, mean, they've been trying to save him, I think, a little bit and letting Poole play a lot. Well, their coaches. Um, COVID positive, so he's had to sit out for a while. No, he's back now. He's back now. Okay, yeah. so Sacramento's coach can go back to coaching Sacramento now. Yeah, yeah. Brown okay. is is the new Sacramento King coach. So I thought, wow, he was coach of two teams at the same time. When's the last time you've seen that? He won't do that until after the finals. He will not assume those de- duties yeah. in that respect. And the lottery came out today. And your holder of the number one draft is, drum roll, the Orlando, Orlando Magic. Ah. And I have no earthly idea who they'll pick. I don't even know if they'll keep the pick. There's, there's no... Somebody from Kentucky? No. I mean, the, the three that everybody's talking about is Poncho Beckett from Duke, uh, Jason Smith from Auburn, and Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga. Now, Holgram to me looks like the second coming of Sean Bradley. <laughs> which, with a better three point shooting, which is not a recommendation by right. no means. <laughs> All right. Explain it's Sean Bradley was seven Bradley foot and, six coming out of yeah, Brigham Young. Yeah. And Holgram is seven two. He's crossed between Bradley and, and Nerlis Noel, who's still bouncing around the, the league a little bit. Tall and very, very thin. The type to turn sideways and disappear. Jason Smith from Auburn is a 6'10 guy with a beautiful turnaround jumper, uh, great leaping ability. Uh, Blanco, uh, Pablo Blanchett is probably the most NBA ready. He's, he's another Jason Tatum. He could step in and play in the NBA right now. The other two are projects. So... Those those are going to be the first three that you see picked. I don't know what order in that respect, but this is a deep draft. It doesn't have that one singular star. It doesn't have that Zion Williamson, <laughs> but, but but it has uh, it has deep. I think you can get anybody from top fifteen. Yeah, a smart team would try and get two picks in the top fifteen. So Hornets, Memphis, so Memphis Hornets looks like the. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, uh, Hornets have two picks, in the top fifteen. Go ahead. All I'm saying is that, you know, the pattern seems to be 
you got to draft the future star, see if he develops in a couple years, if not, trade him away and do it again. To my eye, it seems like Memphis has done the best job of restocking and being the verge of having, because they have the one superstar in Morant. They got good other players. Um, would you say that they are the best next team? I'd say they have the model for a small market team. Larger market teams like New York and Boston, Miami, L.A., Chicago, they can spend money and then get stars because stars want to go to those media markets because they want to become uh, influencers and TV producers and movie stars and those things. But for a small market, what you want to do is have a very blue-collar team with one superstar. And you throw the money at him and you have guys that do the, the grud work uh, in the background. And that's the model that, that Memphis does. And there's a little bit of what up until this year is what Utah did. Now, Utah's the point where they're getting old and they're going to have to trade away some things. Uh, New Orleans is going in a different route, and they're truly they're the smallest market in the NBA. And that they brought in a second superstar, but they have three players I consider stars on their team. Oklahoma City is just trying to get every draft pick known to man. Yeah, they're just and they're trying to open the UN of basketball. So many foreign players you don't know. Other than Alexander, uh, there are a bunch of no names in that respect. But small markets—that's what you have to do. Now, do you consider Detroit a small market or a large market? Uh, I think they're more of a small market, even though numbers-wise, we're probably closer to a bigger city. Um, but I, I think the, the issue with the Pistons is they are probably fourth in the interest of major league teams. Would you not agree? In Detroit. Well, we had the bad boys. Um, yeah, but the Red Wings get more interest than the Pistons, correct? Yeah, I think right now. I would bet the too. attendance figures would be much higher. Yeah. And, of course, the Lions and Tigers during their particular season. I, I think the the Pistons may fall into a small market, not because of the market per se, but because the market is, is somewhat crowded and, and they're the least of interest. Yeah, that's and a I good question. I, you know, like when a market has four even teams, let's say, like even though mm-hmm. we're on the bad side, all of our – Teams have won except for the Lions at different times, but yet football is still the beast because it's the NFL. Um, you know, Celtics to that extent are probably fourth in their area. Bruins are much more loyally uh, led, and the Patriots and the Red Sox have a core audience based on the recent championships. It is, it is interesting when you get into teams, areas that have four teams someone's going to be at the bottom of the interest pile in that respect. Yeah. Well, Charlotte's definitely a small market if you yeah. just look at how many pro teams they have. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, we, we, yeah, they're already worried about someone getting Laron, uh, getting LaMelo away. But then again, now they're invoking LaMelo in the hiring process for their new coach. Yeah. So they're investing in him in that respect. Yeah. Well, I want to switch gears a little bit because – there's a lot of news out. We alluded to it earlier about the PJ tournament, and one of the buzzes is not only Tiger Woods playing again, and by the way, he looks healthier than he did for the Masters. He looks thinner. He says he's stronger. He's going to tee off with Jordan Spieth and Roy McIlroy. But the sort of the side story, and just you know, everybody has a take on this. 
You want to guess how much uh, Michelob Ultra cost at the uh, PGA? If you're walking around and you're thirsty and you think you want a beer, you want. I know you don't drink, but how much do you think it is? Um, I, I'm bad at prices right, but I'll say $25. Wow. Wow. No, 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 no. Uh, it costs $18, and you, you could go into a store, of course, and buy it for like 4 You know, this is an extra large one. Um, Bob Barker would make me neuterize my pet after that. <laughs> Overpriced. Water is $6, and food is 16 And it's just surreal. And when they were asked about it, it says, well, it's comparable to certain stadium prices. It's the Disney effect. When you're inside a you're stadium or Disney, an amusement park, or something like that, or, or, or a concert venue, be it indoor or outdoor, they're going to check out the prices. That's just... The nature of it. So that that doesn't. I think, and if I get this right, a hamburger at uh, Cowboy Stadium is twenty five dollars. Oh my gosh! And the beer is twenty five. Oh my gosh! Well, that's 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 worse you know, than than Disney World. Yeah. Well, yeah, but at the Dallas Stadium, AT and T Stadium, it's it's to be seen. Uh, Dallas' stadium is kind of like the form was for the Lakers back in the 80s and 90s. A lot of people go there to be seen and be part of the culture rather than being fans themselves. They, you know, one of my, this has been one of my disagreements for years and years, is how businesses many times get season tickets or the best seats, and they're able to write them off their taxes as being part of entertainment. But Joe Schmoes, like me and you, have to pay full price, and we certainly can't take it off our taxes when we attend sporting events. Right. And so much of the event right now is kind of towards entertainment to the crowd rather than the game itself. The constant sound. I remember when they wouldn't play any music in the NBA, and now when the visiting team has the, <laughs> the music's going off all the time, it's a distraction, and it's, like I said, to me, it's not part of the game. You're going to see it in college ball eventually. Yeah. I have a friend who just went to a Braves game, loved everything about it in the stadium, but he said there wasn't a single second where it was quiet. <laughs> yeah. It was it's always the, something. And they're pushing something. It's the uh, uh, Bojangles, uh, third inning. Everything's got a name to it, but an advertisement, and it, that's just it. Even the ushers wear ads on them. I mean, it. it and next year? Ads on the helmets, ads on the jerseys. Yeah, I guess I don't mind that. But one of the favorite things I like about Atlanta is they have, don't they have that race with the streak? The guy who looks like a blue popsicle and tracksuit and he runs against the average Joe. Yes, yes, yes. And the yes. average Joe has a huge tried, lead. He actually uh, tried out for the 440 for the Olympics. Uh, he looks, he dresses like uh, Mr. Freeze from the Incredible. No, no, the guy on the Incredible. Well, what was it Frozone? Frozone? Frozone, that was, yes, that's it. That was a Frozone in, uh, in, in the uh, which was takeoff on Flojo because he had a uniform like Flojo. Yeah. I love watching it when they show clips on it and the you know, eleven o'clock. You like years. it better than the sausage race? Or yeah. The oh, the sausage race? race is right up there, and we're talking about. Uh, Artificial people, or people dressed up like sausage, by the way. So, well, they used to do uh, when Home Depot was an advertiser at the old stadium, they did a tool race <laughs> with a hammer, a screwdriver, a saw, and you know, they have the president's race, the nationals, and, yeah, and the, the nationals game. Everybody's getting to some type of 
animated inanimate object race in the sixth inning. Again, it's it's the experience they're it's showing. It's the minor league it. effect, and it works in the That's minor leagues. That's one reason they don't want to really shorten the games. They say they do, but if they shorten the games, that reduces the advertising opportunities they get. Yeah. It's that lip service every year. Oh, well, we know we want to make it a... Okay, make it a seven-inning game, you can make it two hours. You don't have any lip service to your wife when she asks for things, right? No, no, no. Not if I want to not sleep with the stars on outside. <laughs> yeah. I want to sleep in a nice warm bed. Yeah. Let's get to the good stuff. Let's get to let's the Let's stop talking Cup. about you and your wife. Huh? Get, okay. Yeah, Stanley Cup. Stanley All right, Cup. let's start Stanley Cup. Okay, let me go through the matchups because we're in the second round. First round was pretty impressive. As we always says, always say, nothing quite is like uh, playoff hockey, third period. Oh, and, overtime in seventh game. That oh, is the awesome. ultimate. And, you know, this set a record. All the teams in the East, at the beginning of the playoffs, had 100 points at least. Mm-hmm. And I think this was the most uh, seven games in the first round of the playoffs ever. Ever. So this is historical. Yes, right. okay. So Panthers versus Lightning. Who's going to win? You know, I... You just can't put down the, the lightning. I mean, they're the reigning champs. And again, Florida had the best record in the regular season. I like Jonathan Hoberdu. I like the goaltending. But when it comes down to it, you stick with the start of the winners. And, and you know, they've got some injuries in that respect. But that's just a, that's a winning team. I mean, they've gone 17-0 and 0 after a playoff defeat in the last three years. Uh, they, they split the series during the regular season, but Bobrovsky does a pretty good job goaltending for the, the Panthers, and they have the home ice advantage, which of all the major four sports, home ice advantage is probably the least important in well, playoffs. This is cool. They're both, they don't have to travel very far here in this series. and well, it's, it's the SEC series. Right. And this time of year, every night you got a playoff, whether it's NBA or NHL, and it's, it's a yeah. ratings month. So that's, they're that's trying to squeeze as many games in there, I think you told me. My Monday was so dull. And that was, <laughs> the, the finals for the NBA starts on Did June you have 7th. withdrawals on Monday? Did you have to watch something rerun? I, I watched a movie, a movie you had not recommended, but you had watched. Oh, and, Lost City? Yes. I and, recommended and, it. I thought it was funny, but it's not like slap your knee funny. No, it's it's like I said, I was just amazed at the Botox in Sandra Bullock's face, <laughs> especially when she lays down. It really just her face doesn't move. It's like a mask. But back to the next series. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. OK, your beloved Carolina Hurricanes against oh, yeah. the New York Rangers. Well, you know, they uh, kind of dominated the Rangers during the regular season. Both teams went seven and the Rangers had to go in overtime to win theirs. Uh the Hurricanes have home ice advantage. They won the series three games to one over the season. They're back. They've got their second string center. Freddie Anderson was the starter during the season, did a very good job. Didn't get in the to the Vesna trophy discussion. I thought he should have. Auntie Modican is the backup. He's done a reasonably decent job. They're a very physical team, probably one of the best defenders. It's really a difference in style. And Smertican, who is was he's up for I the heart trophy. No, I yes, am Smertican. I am Smertican. He's up for the uh, heart trophy, which is the MVP in hockey. He's the goalie. He had a rough time. Uh, 
in, in the first series, but, but he worries me. The big thing is you got a difference in style. The Rangers are a high-scoring team. They're quick and they're fast, but the defensemen are horrible. The best defenseman is a C. That's Adam Fox. So even though the goalie's good, he lets and, – and the Hurricanes' philosophy all year long is get as many shots as you can in. The more shots you shoot, percentage-wise, you're going to score. I think it'll go seven. I'm, I'm thinking with my heart. Uh, the Rangers are a young team. They're an upcoming team, but I think it's the Hurricanes' time. So I think the Hurricanes will meet the Lightning in the Eastern Finals. So there's certain truths in sports, like in the March Madness, you always say the best guards win, right? Right. And in hockey, we always say the hottest goalie wins because you can't always score as at the same rate you've done through the rest of the year. So the Rangers, depending on scoring more, doesn't always work for every series. And so you have a more physical Hurricanes team. And if the whole goalie gets hot, I think Hurricanes are going. So that's my pick, too. All right. The Colorado Avalanche, who looked pretty good um, and against the St. Louis Blues, who looks uh, maybe not so good. Your prediction here? Yeah, all year long, I've touted the Avalanche. Uh, Nathan McKinnon is probably the first or second best player in the NHL. Carl Moniker is probably the best defensive man in that respect. Uh, Mueller, who they got from... Mueller? Mueller, Mueller, Phoenix is doing a great job at goaltending. The Blues, Ellington is, is coming. Yeah, I mean, Ellington's come back and he's kind of playing goalie as well as they did when the Blues won four years ago. But I got a feeling this will go five games. I mean, it, Avalanche swept the Predators 4 0, and they're probably the hottest team in hockey right now. And, and this is a team that. Everyone's picked for the last three years, and they missed out on the President's Cup to the to the uh, Panthers. President's Cup goes to the team with the best record going into the playoffs, but I just think it's their year. I mean, they've got everything ready and everything clicking. They're my pick to, to win it all. And then we have the Battle of Alberta. Yeah, once again, two teams that are not as far away. It was sort of nice that it worked out this way. Calvary Flames against the Edmonton Oilers. And of course, the Oilers have Connor McDavid, who probably is the best player in the NHL. It's been that way for a few years. Is this all? And, and, and Leon Dreisaitl is probably top five in scoring. But the thing you got to watch out for is Jake Odinger. Odinger is probably playing the best in goalie. He's for the uh, Flames. And Johnny Gaudreau, who's only about five foot nine, he's you know, great goal scorer for the Flames at this time. You know, it seems like the Oilers kind of always are a little missing defensively. So I think the Flames are going to win. This is going to be a seventh game. This is this is the Ohio State, uh, Michigan of Western Canada. Yeah, this is going to be say, late I've, start yeah. times. Ooh. Oh yeah, I'm not going. It's not the Michigan Ohio State of Canada because that's Toronto and Montreal. But these are two teams very close to each other. Uh, one started out as an expansion team in Atlanta. The other was one of the original teams taken out of the World Hockey Association. I mean, the Oilers have five championships, Stanley Cup championships back in the early 80s. Uh, it's a traditional set team. Calgary, they've been worrying about whether the team's going to leave because they need a new stadium. 
But again, Jake Odiger, keep Odiger, keep him in mind. He's probably playing the best goalie, and people don't hear about it. This is a series that's going to get a short shift on ESPN and, and TNT because it is an all-Canada series. But uh, Calgary and Colorado was set up for I mean, if, if it comes out the way I think, Calgary and Colorado, uh, Tampa Bay and Carolina, which is a replay of the Eastern Finals last year, uh, this, this will be a, one of the best playoffs to go. And they're going to have the Stanley Cup will be all by itself. Basketball will be over by that time. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's another sort of major sport that's coming to a close, and that's Premier Soccer or football over in England. And my son's converted me into a Liverpool fan, Premier League fan. And Liverpool, once again, has a chance to do something that's done like maybe four or five times ever, win all four major cups and I think soccer's smart over there that there's not just one championship. In a way, there's four opportunities for a team to do really well. There's the regular Premier League, and Liverpool is one point out behind, uh, or two points out behind um, Man City. Man City, if they win their next game, they've locked it up. If they don't, then Liverpool has to win theirs. So that's one cup that Liverpool doesn't have yet. But they have two already. They have the Caribou or something like that, Caracas. I, you know, I'm saying it wrong. Cup and the FA, right? And the FA Cup already. They just won the FA Cup this weekend, and it went into extra time and a shootout, which was tremendous against Chelsea. And they were going to play on the end of the month for the Champions Cup, which is all the teams in Europe and England all play, and that's in some ways a bigger cup than even the uh, Premier League. And Liverpool won that a couple years ago, but to win all four in one year is unheard of, or been like four times in history so and they've come back from 14 points back down right. in december so but see I'm, I'm the man city fan so i have to man city just signed probably the most premier young talent yes they around did. so these two teams are going to be battling out for yeah. years to come that's eric harlan from dormont in the the german league who big is Dutch, just a, or a big blind uh, swedish he's swedish swedish swedish, swedish. Yeah, uh, he is matter. just—he is just a great goal scorer. He reminds me of Henry man. Kane for the Tottenham. He, he's a big white guy that just has a knack of getting the ball in the right place. He is a fascinating. I've watched a few with for Dortmund, and there was a rumor that he was either going to Real Madrid or he was going to Manchester. Uh, uh, the other matches, United, United. Or he was going to um, uh, uh, P, uh, the Paris team. PSG. But, yeah, PSG. Which has there been any team at all time disappointed at <laughs> PSG? Yeah, Messi. I mean, they were built. Messi's aged out. Uh, Mbappe is going to probably the Real Madrid. They've had injuries all year. They still won uh, League One, but the, just kept the super team that you kind of wonder. Not only in basketball with the Brooklyn Nets, the super teams, you only got one ball, only one person have it at a time. Does that really work in that respect? Right. Yeah, and the Liverpool looks like they're going to lose some of their best players, and which one is up to question. But I think they're trying to restock as well. But it was just really fun. And you asked me three years ago, would I enjoy soccer as much as they do now? No. But then as you start learning the game more, and you learn the rules and some of the key players, um, it's a lot of fun. It's, 
it's fun to watch it. So, and you heard the epic big news today, didn't you? No. The XFL, all their games next year will be on ESPN, Disney Plus, ABC, and uh, FX. Wow, that's a lot. So we're going to have two two competing spring football leagues next year. Jeez, is there enough players for that? Yeah. Really? Canadian Canadian football suffer. Yeah, yeah. There's enough. I don't think the quality will go down with two leagues. Oh yeah, yeah. The quality be bad, but football's football. (laughs) I I watch bad football. I'll watch bad football before I watch women's basketball. I have noticed with the USFL, I watched part of a game on Sunday, and I did enjoy it, but thank God they got rid of the drones. The drones were so annoying to me. I do like the mics. I do like the mics. I like the camera on the ref and the camera and the, the helmets. I yeah. think that gives you, It's almost a video game quality. It's like playing Madden to get that view sometimes. And, and again, uh, I think the difference is the coaches there. I think all the coaches, except the Pittsburgh coach, have done a great job and and to be able to prepare these teams and make them competitive in that respect. The only games that you have fans are on the Birmingham teams, and they draw like you would think. But this league was, and the XFL is going to be the same reason. It's more for gambling than it is attendance. Do you think they'll merge it, at some point? Well, the XFL looked into uh, merging with CFL over the last winter and that fell apart. Uh, CFL right now, the players are on strike. No one noticed. Uh, <laughs> Except for you. Ex- yeah, only <coughs> no one noticed in the lower 48, as they like to say up there. Uh, the XFL has worked out an agreement with the NFL to be an experimental league for new rules, kind of like the Atlantic League uh, does for Major League Baseball. A minor league to try new types of options. Yeah. That's that's fascinating. All right. Uh, tennis, gonna... tennis is the only thing we didn't hit, right? Tennis and NASCAR. Was that no, about no, it? no. We're not going there. We're going to no, no, talk no. about uh, TV or movies and then wrap this oh, baby okay. up. Oh, okay. I've got two, two, uh, two things to advise. Uh, it's in its third season, but if you've not seen Barry on HBO, please take a chance. It is a, le- it is a very, very dark black comedy. Uh, about a hitman trying to become an actor in Hollywood. Bill Hader. Uh, uh, Bill Hader and Henry Winkler. Uh, it is just it's jaw-dropping and it's hilarious funny. The last episode, he had an app to ignite a bomb, and he's trying to blow up these people in a house, and the app does not work right because you were supposed to. he was talking to customer service while he was trying to blow up the house. <laughs> It is, it is it is hilarious. Uh did get to see uh also with the dreadful choice that Paul gave me. Uh it wasn't that bad. It was a it was a Brad a Pitt big, is great in that movie. Well the Brad Pitt is great, so is Oscar from uh the office. He yeah. flies the airplane and Channing Tatum, I love the 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 uh twenty one jump street movies. Those were, were great. Yeah, he just he's getting kind of typecast and playing the Dumb, good-looking guy, unfortunately, in respect. And I've seen him do better things in that respect. I think he can do better things. Also watched Cop Shop, uh, a nice little independent movie. It's uh, basically a shootout between crooked police, uh, the mob, good police, inside a holding jail in the middle of the desert in, in, uh, in uh, Nevada. And it's 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 a quick little movie that you'll enjoy. You'll forget. 
but it's a nice little shoot 'em up with uh, some some great roles there in that respect. So it's a cute little movie. Uh, this week I'm going to try to watch the remake of Fire Charter, and I'm I'm getting ready for to return to Jurassic World in two weeks. Uh, I have mixed feelings about this because the last Jurassic World was disappointing to me. It's I know oh. the dinosaurs have been let loose in the out. world, but anyways. Well, there's a nice little movie uh, on Netflix where they make fun of the idea of filming a movie during the uh, uh, during the pandemic. And uh, David Duchovny's in it, and there's several little other stars in it. It's a hilarious little movie. It's a Judd Apatow-directed movie. And I cannot remember, In the Bubble or In the Nest, I think it's that. But if you get a chance to watch it, it's a cute little movie in that respect. But I highly recommend Barry. Uh, it is hilariously... It's my type of dark humor, uh, interspaced with violence that that I enjoy. And every episode, you don't know where it's going to go. I have a bad habit because of my age, because I've watched too much TV, is I can usually tell where series are going. I can anticipate what's going to happen. Couple meets cute, foreboding that someone's going to die later on. This one keeps me guessing all the time. Nice. that's, That's one of my grade. great recommendations. Oh, yeah. Highest, highest recommendation I give to a, right. a series. All right. Okay. Well, that's about it for us tonight. We appreciate you listening. Um, you know, during the summer, we will try to do as many as we can. But you know what? We have a good life. We have both have good lives with our families, and we'll give you what we can when we have it. And other times, we'll be out enjoying life. But Ernest is almost in his pool, right? How warm is the water in your pool? It's just 80 degrees, which is <laughs> a little what? cold for me. No, no, 80s too see, cold. See, people up north, Come on. I see them in the beach in February, usually uh, Canadians, and I go, it's going to be 82, 83 before I get in. Oh, my I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna, Listen, I'm a wimp. What can I say? I, I, I wimp out. Uh, special shout-out. Can I give a shout-out real quick, Clyde? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Logan Watts. My grandson will be uh, went to his first prom. He is graduating in no two weeks. way. Yeah, Logan's my oldest grandson graduating? is graduating high school. He'll be wow. going off to further education. So yes, I have. Way to go, Logan! Uh, way to put up with your grandpa all these years. Oh yes. yes, like he's again. I've been blessed with. Uh, I've been blessed with a godly wife. Been blessed with good sons. I've been blessed with uh, great granddaughter, uh, great daughter-in-laws that are both nurses, take care of me when I'm old and decrepit, and uh, four wonderful grandsons, healthy males, uh, <laughs> who, who are spoiled by their grandfather. And it's one of the blessings I have in that respect. And uh, listen, they, they're all uh, a joy, and they're all better people than I am. Uh, somehow, I think they learn by <laughs> doing the opposite of what I do. Right. Yes. Right. So, right. Yeah. We're definitely... proud. I'm proud of all, all, I mean, I can't list four and four, all nine of them. There you go. There you go. See, with me, we're a soccer team. There you go. Yeah. I'm blessed too. All right. And like you can brag about your family next week. That's right. That's right. All right. Burns Watts, this is Paul Arnold. Have a good night. <laughs>